And now, Thriller Thursdays on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Chapter 7 I don't know, Jack, Ted Holmes said with a shake of his head. The whole thing sounds pretty stupid to me. Holm was a city cop, a sergeant at robbery homicide, in fact, but he was all right. We knew each other from the war, and that was enough for him, and it was enough for me. Circumstances dictated that we were on different sides often enough, but it wasn't personal with Ted the way it was with some of the others. See, there are few things more annoying to a cop than the thought of a detective who can turn down a case and who isn't required to fill out 31 flavors of paperwork every time he scratches his behind. The whole idea of a detective for hire sets their teeth on edge, as though their pensions were somehow at stake. I did very little to endear myself to the local constabulary, it was true. Most of the department would have given me the runaround on spec, before they even really knew what I wanted. Not so, Sergeant Holm. We sat at his desk in a corner of the squad room with two genuinely lousy cups of coffee. I can't believe they make you drink this, I said, staring at the thick sludge in the bottom of my cup. Technically, they don't, Holmes said, and it isn't any worse than it always is, but you drank it anyway. You know what the first problem with this coffee is, I started? Jack, I don't want to talk about the stupid coffee, he said. I blinked at him. I understood all of those words, but strung together in that order, they made no sense. Sorry, Ted said, aware of having given offense. He was always too decent a guy to be a cop, but he wasn't good for much else, and sometimes you did get to shoot people, which he didn't enjoy, but he was quite good at. It's just, I was wondering if we could cut to the chase a little bit on account of Lieutenant Sabian is on duty just now. That man is crazy about me, I said. It's getting a little embarrassing. Ted didn't even respond to that directly, but just cleared his throat as if invoking Sabian might bring down his wrath. I wasn't quite as concerned. I didn't work for Sabian, and hadn't really committed more than a couple of crimes tonight, neither of which he knew about. Ted broke up my reverie. The chase, he asked. The meat of the matter, my dear Inspector Lestrade, I began, is that I expect to see Legs again, having rather pointedly stuck out my tongue at her at the end there, and I would like to know just exactly who she is. You sure she went back and found your card? Ted asked. Of course I was not. Of course I am, I said. Sounds like you put the scare into her pretty good, he said. No, I said, that one doesn't scare. She just knows the odds. I thought you said she was a blackmailer, Ted frowned. She is, I agreed. Blackmailers are born scared, he said, taking another pull on the gray liquid in his cup. Yeah, I deadpanned, it's a mystery. Will you just stop being a cop for a minute and help me? Holmes seemed mildly surprised by this. And just what exactly was it that motivated you to come down here and confess to at least two crimes if it was not the fact that I am a cop? If I wanted a confession, I'd go to a priest, I said. Are you even Catholic, Ted frowned? He was, and didn't think other people should get to joke about it. No, I'm a Hindu. Tell that to the last steak you ate, he snorted. I didn't say I was a good Hindu. I punctuated the line with my coffee cup, as is my want, which almost led to my accidental ingestion of still more cop shop coffee. Seriously, Justice, Holmes said. Why bring this to me? Because the lady in question was a leggy blonde, I said gravely, and you are an enthusiast on the subject, not unlike myself and coffee, which says something very sad about at least one of us. Now you're talking, Ted grinned. How long was the hair again? 
Up, I shrugged. Tight little caboose, you say? Sergeant Holm had his thinking cap on. Like a snare drum, I said. I'm not really expecting you to pull a name from the clear blue sky, you know. Oh, he said, disappointed. She may not have a record, but she learned the rough talk somewhere and she's up to her neck in this Mayfield thing. I thought maybe these names would ring some bells. I handed him the mitt full of business cards Blondie had left in her bag. He shuffled through them and snorted. What is it? I asked. This one, the florist, he said. The address on the card is 226 Sycamore. So? So that's the address of the Four Roses Bar and Grill. Roses, florist. It's cute. I don't really do cute, I frowned. You should, he said. It's fun. A lot of these have a little joke in there somewhere. Look at this one. Decent little press pass for the Gazette. Yeah. So this isn't the right address. That's the place across the street where all the reporters get loaded after deadline. What is it? Greenies? Grievies, I said. So she has a sense of humor and likes a drink. Doesn't tell me much. Tells me plenty, Ted grinned again. We've got to find this girl. How is Eileen going to feel about that, I asked. Ted scowled. You leave Eileen out of this, he said with a look like I'd stepped on his grave. Maybe I should take Blondie's camera and go into business for myself, I said. First lesson, he scowled. Never blackmail the poor. Suddenly his face lit up as he shuffled through the deck in his hand. Well, I'll be damned, he said. What is it, I asked. More comedy card capers? Yeah, he smiled. Mystery solved, ace. He held one aloft that read Trixie Dixon Girl Detective. Yeah, I saw that, I scowled. Hilarious. And accurate, he said. She's real. And she's an eyeful. I stared at him and said nothing. I'm not lying, Jackie, he said. Tall, leggy, blonde, full of sass. Licensed private detective. God help us all, I said with a shake of my head. It's the wave of the future, Jack, he grinned. There'll be homicide cops next, I said. Don't be stupid, he frowned. So you know her, I asked. Not as well as I'd like, he said, clicking his teeth. Eileen would be thrilled, I said. You've only admired from afar? Sure, he said, but only because I haven't had a chance to get a near. That's cute, I said. Thanks, he said. I've been saving that one. Don't know much about her. Set up shop almost a year ago. Does a pretty good trade with the ladies. Surprised to see her work in a blackmail racket. He shook his head. Don't sit quite right. Tell that to Roger Mayfield, I said. You do take a few dirty pictures now and again yourself, you know, Holmes said, going back for still more of his coffee. It's kind of part and parcel of the peeper trade. I frowned. It was probably true, but he still shouldn't say it. So why would she send my client a snapshot of himself playing the role of Seabiscuit in a match race on Cannon Street? Holmes shrugged. Maybe she's working for the blackmailer? You know a lot of blackmailers who hire private eyes to do their dirty work for them? I asked. Holmes shrugged again. He was getting good at that. If he did less thinking, he'd make lieutenant. Not a bad cover, he said. But it cuts into the profit margin, and this isn't exactly a Rockefeller getting squeezed, is it? It is not, I said. So let's keep it uncomplicated if we can. Well, he said, she does have a record. I blinked at him two or three times. A record, he said, as if this explained everything. For what? I asked. The shrug appeared again. No idea. It's a juvie, and juvies are sealed. So unseal it, I said. Is that a court order? He asked with a raised eyebrow. It is not, I admitted. Then no can do, he said. Besides, I don't have it handy or anything. How do you know this, anyway, I asked. He smiled. When a policeman admires a lady from afar, he said without embarrassment, a background check is a standard investigative tool, in case it makes it easier to strike up a conversation later. Charming, I said. 
I'm telling Eileen on you. No, you won't, he said. You're more scared of her than I am. And if you do, I'll arrest you on the B&E and unlawful discharge of a firearm. Get started on the paperwork, I said, and add something about blackmail. It'll give you more time for conversation when I bring you Trixie Dixon girl detective. And here it isn't even my birthday, he beamed. A voice thundered from the other side of the room, far above all of the normal din. What in my Aunt Fanny's gout is he doing in my squad room? I turned and saw the majestic form of Lieutenant Victor Sabian stomping towards me at speed. He was a big guy, a real cop and not a politician, who had risen from thick-necked bull to head of robbery homicide by being good at what he does, which is not the same as being a decent human being. Sabian didn't care for me. At all. I smiled at Ted, who had turned pale at the sight. Gotta go, Teeter, I grinned. Thanks for the coffee. Introducing Two Minute Danger Theater, a podcast with an unending appetite for excitement. Hello, I'll be your alien invader this evening. Blast off with Commander Ranger and Cadet Nancy as they set foot on alien worlds. The temperature is 50 degrees below zero. It looks like we only have one spacesuit aboard the ship. You'll have to wear this bathrobe. Trek around the globe with jungle adventurer Blake Diamond as he searches for an ancient mystical ruby. Is that what I think it is? Yes, I believe we've discovered the Holy Grail. Damn it! Where's the ruby? Wherever there's a Nazi plot to thwart or a humanitarian crisis to ignore, Blake Diamond will be there. Lost Ark of the Covenant, mapped to the city of Atlantis, missing Link. And don't forget the voice, that mysterious crime fighter who lurks in the shadows. If you don't talk, you'll force me to use my powers of telepathy. Oh yeah? I'm thinking of a number between one and ten. What is it? One. No. Ten. No. One. Yes, two-minute Danger Theater. Just go to dangertheater.com. Please consult a physician before listening. Nancy, what are you doing with that llama? Milking it, sir. So, do you like comedy? If you do, then Friday Follies might be just the feed for you. From the Mutual Audio Network, every Friday we bring you a selection of hilarious audio drama. And you can find it wherever you find your podcasts. Just search for Friday Follies, or you could subscribe to the main Mutual Audio Network feed. It's up to you. Find us there. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together. Together.